I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And big tech continues to perform during the pandemic. And before we get to all of the different earnings calls, a quick reminder of the rules, Tess. Do not take any financial advice from the help desk. Indeed, indeed. Well, let's move to Apple earnings. And Apple have benefited from a significant uptick in sales of laptops and iPads during the pandemic, even as quarterly iPhone sales fell year from year after a delay in the company's flagship smartphone. So iPhone sales were down 28% year over year, which is, uh, or 21% I saw also reported. So somewhere in the middle there is possibly the number. Go Google it yourself. But the bright spot for Apple's business has been its services unit, which rose 16% for the recent quarter to $14.5 billion uh, for all of the iCloud and music and all of those streaming services. Generally, this is the best quarter for Apple because it normally includes the iPhone launch, but this was delayed. And so that means next quarter will probably be the really big one for Apple. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye on those Christmas sales, I guess, for how many iPhones were actually sold. And moving on to Google. So Google's parent company, Alphabet, announced it earned a net income of $7 billion on revenues of $40.5 billion for the quarter ending September 30. Uh, and that revenue figure is a gain of 20% year on year. As we know, Google's business is largely from advertising. 83% of Google's revenue were derived from its advertising. CEO Sundar Pachaya said uh, it was a strong quarter, consistent with the broader online environment. Yeah, it's incredible. And uh, Google, or Alphabet, I should say, lost $1 billion in its crazy kind of offshoot brands that they're trying to, you know, self-driving cars and all that kind of stuff falls under this one umbrella of of moonshots and that uh, lost a billion bucks. What a company that you can lose a billion dollars and just not even care. Yeah, thank goodness for all that online advertising, which uh, they're just incredibly huge numbers. I know. And speaking of gigantic businesses, possibly too big, is Amazon. Even without Prime Day, Amazon had a blockbuster quarter. Its net income nearly tripled from this time last year. The retail store closures around the world has really helped uh, Amazon cement itself as the online marketplace. And the earnings report today showed that Amazon made $6.33 billion net income which is up from 2.3 billion. So that's just profit. And by the way, uh, 5.4 billion in revenue came from Amazon's other category. So <laughs> a, a category they can't even be bothered naming earned them $5.4 billion in a quarter. And the majority of that other is actually the company's advertising business. So they're coming right after Google and Facebook. Yeah. So paying, I guess, to promote your products inside the Amazon ecosystem is a pretty lucrative business, it turns out. And another big digital advertiser, Facebook. Its revenue in the three months ended September 30 rose to $21.5 billion, and earnings per share were $2.70. Looking at users, daily average users, rose to 1.82 billion. Uh, Monthly average users rose to 2.74 billion. Uh, And there is an up 12% each from the quarter previously. So continuing to add more and more users across that family of apps. 
Yeah, sadly, I became one of those tiny little users. Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy to think 2.74 billion in what a, a, a world of seven billion people. That that is insane. That is insane. And yeah, sadly, I did have to join Facebook again, even though I think. It's an evil company. Moving on to Twitter. Twitter beat out analyst expectations on revenue and net income. However, Wall Street was stuck on Twitter's user figures, which showed minimal growth, and that sent the shares lower in aftermarket trading. Twitter has done okay with the election and with sport returning in America, apparently, but it still just doesn't have the the growth that Wall Street wants to see from it. And Spotify, the streaming service, has added 6 million subscribers in Q3 to achieve a total of 144 million paying customers and 320 million active users. But it fell short on both sales and earnings, driving the stock lower after the announcement. They're just all crazy numbers, and it's just remarkable that that tech has not seemed to be affected much or been affected in positive ways by the, the ongoing lockdown. Mm-hmm. And very convenient of them to all announce them on the same day for us. Yeah, I feel sorry for any business technology reporter out there that had to cover every single one of these announcements. It was hard enough just popping them in the show notes. And uh, closer to home, uh, we're talking about COVID safe again. And this debate is slowly kicking back up again as we think about what we're going to do with the app moving forward. So yesterday, some of the leading researchers who've been scrutinizing the COVIDSafe app appeared on a panel together, and the consensus was that the app hadn't proven incredibly effective, but there had been some bug fixes, they still haven't seen the server code, and the fact that it wasn't developed alongside the state-based contact tracers was pointed out as a major downfall. Within that, there was sort of another discussion about should we be scrapping this or moving to the Google Apple framework? Unfortunately, it looks like this is still just a discussion that is confined to the, the realm of academia at the moment. What, what were the academics? So you watched the entire report, the, the entire panel. What were the academics' findings? Should we be moving to Google Apple? Their view was that, yes, we should. But I, I guess more broadly, they, they wanted, they kept pointing out that we, they were like, we don't actually know if this works and we don't have enough of, we don't have enough data to show it's effective, which doesn't help us have a more informed discussion about the sort of centralized COVID safe model or the decentralized GAPL, they called it, GAPL framework. Mm-hmm. But generally there was a call there to, have that discussion and actually have it informed by numbers. The other concern that was raised was around QR codes. I guess it's become pretty common, uh, depending on where you live in Australia, to be scanning QR codes fairly regularly uh, to get into any venues. And they have their own sort of privacy concerns as well. Graham Greenleaf, a professor of law and information systems at UNSW, summed up the dilemma. And he said, we've got this genuinely voluntary COVID-safe app with Australia's strongest privacy policy protections, uh, but now it's largely ignored because it's been shown to be ineffective. In contrast, we've got this semi-compulsory QR code system, which has no effective privacy regulation, but looks like it's going to be with us for quite a few years to come. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, Melbourne hasn't embraced QR codes just yet. I assume that by next week I'll be scanning in everywhere. At the moment, it's just McDonald's and, and, uh, sorry, Australia-wide chains like that. It is a weird one that we're so ready to scan ourselves as we enter uh, shops, but we are so freaked out about COVID safe, or at least people were to begin with, about the um, the privacy regulations around COVID safe when it was first announced. 
Yeah, it, it is interesting that people aren't trusting the government versus not giving a second thought to the private providers. <laughs> a couple of things, a couple of solutions that were floated was state jurisdictions to use their licensing laws and those powers that they have over venues to enforce stricter standards for which vendor they choose to supply QR codes. Mm -hmm. Another one was just get the privacy commissioner onto it, develop a code that specifically addresses this. The third one was to just insist on a pen and paper option if you'd like to cause a scene at the, the restaurant you're trying to enter. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm all up for that. Alrighty, uh, in Friday Review Roundup, Google TV is Trevor Long's product of the year at EFTM. For me, I have to agree with Trevor. It is better than the Apple TV in every way possible. It's got a better interface. It's got better recommendation engines. Uh, it can sync from your Google searches, so it knows that kind of stuff as well. And, and because of that, it can also see just what people are searching generally about uh, what TV shows people are searching for. And more importantly, it's got a much better remote than that tiny little sliver of a remote that the Apple TV has that uh, is permanently lost in my house. All that together for 99 bucks versus 249 of the Apple TV. I think uh, the Google TV is an excellent stocking stuffer this year. The other big review that I saw this week was for Watch Dogs Legion. It's the, the third in the series of Watch Dogs games, and it's getting mixed reviews, unfortunately. it's uh, The reviews seem to say that the the recreation of London is absolutely amazing. So that that's a positive. If you just want to be able to visit London again and you've been missing it, then uh, this is a, a great game for you to just wander around. But people say that, you know, it's a bit repetitive. And because Ubisoft have, or Ubisoft, I don't know, have tried something really interesting here. They've, they've created a game where you can play as any single character that you see in the world. You can just kind of recruit them and play as that person. And... A lot of people have praised that as a really fascinating gameplay, but some people have said that it means that there is just no character and no storyline to speak of. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but I am going to spend many hours on Watch Dogs Legions tomorrow, I would imagine. And uh, Kim Kardashian turned 40 this week and she gifted the internet with a couple of new memes. Firstly, her tweet about quarantine and a private island. And this morning she shared a hologram of her late father that was a gift to her from her husband, Kanye West. And mm. I got, I, yeah, watching this made me a little uncomfortable. But there is another interesting side of these holograms for capturing memory. Mm, yeah, this is creepy as hell. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I mean, it, that that tweet was hilarious. Uh, I, I loved that she said, at this time, I understand that people can't do this. Like, once the COVID lockdown is over, that we can all just go to a private island to party. I, I know mm -hmm. I booked my pri private island interview, Tess. Months ago. Yeah, you had to get in months ago or you just, <laughs> you've waited too long. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, yes, thank you, Kim Kardashian, for making the internet a wonderful place. That is all we have time for this week on the Help Desk. Thank you, Tess, for showing up every single day. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And thank you, good listeners in good listener land. We will speak to you next week. Uh, it's Friday, so I'm going to ask you to go on over to the Apple Podcast directory and throw us a couple of stars. You don't have to if you don't want to, but it would make a massive difference. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.